Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. It's the drink talking with the thinking drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon. And mistress of wine, Sam Caporn. All the booze, news and views. From absinthe to Zinfandel. Happy hour starts now. Hello, listeners. This is happening. It's the drink talking. We're here yet again. I'm joined by Sam Caporn, mistress of wine, master of wine. Knows Howdy. everything about wine. Are you alright? I'm very well. You? Yeah, fine, good. Everything's dandy. Tom, you're looking dishevelled but <laughs> oh. also dapper at the same time I don't know how you pull it off <laughs> well I'll show, Stop you. It. I'll show you that later Ben no, no um, yeah I'm good I'm good you know I've just been drinking whiskey this week so it's been a good week excellent excellent without further ado I can't be doing with the chit chat that we normally indulge in okay. boring yeah, boring <laughs> because uh, oh, I've got more out. important things to say yours um, is good yours is good Sam ben what is his chat I've got no chat no. so I'm hosting this shenanigans today and um, spit or swallow is how we kick it off and my swallow is something that all you beer nerds are going to be very excited about because do you know about the campaign for real ale hello (laughs) the campaign camera good people historically did really good stuff in the 70s basically saved the beer world from obscurity really extinction exactly when they were under threat from big breweries making bland fizzy boring beer they stood up for real beer um but specifically cask ale Mm. um which back then was seen as the um the vanguard of proper beer and anything else was seen as crap beer which back then it was quite polarized it was quite black and white but as the years have gone by and the craft scene has emerged exploded exploded absolutely a boom has occurred that has become a lot more uh, cloudy in mm. terms of its definition. Um, you can have great lagers, you can have great keg beer, artisan, independent, really well-made beer comes in many different forms. Mm. And this posed a bit of a problem for camera because they've always championed cask ale and real ale, which is the hand pump. You go to a pub, just mm. I'm going to the ins and outs of what cask ale is, but essentially if you go to a pub, it's the one where they're pulling the hand pump back and forth. I'm doing the action. It's a visual thing. It's arousing thing. me. It's, it's arousing, arousing. So, But you know what I mean? They've been very, very, very protective of that 
way of serving beer and how to be, you can't like, have cast breathers. You can't muck about with it. And they've been quite militant and dogmatic about how they serve their beer and what they consider good beer. Now, the fact that good beer can, is now emerging in other forms and formats and the same with ciders and perries means that they've become a little bit obsolete as a campaign group. They've got thousands of members, I think. So we usually, was it 80,000? I think it's the biggest member. At Consum- one time, it was yeah. the biggest consumer member. Of yeah, I mean, they've got a massive world. following and, um, and they've got a very noisy minority who uh, go to the meetings and are particularly forthright in their views but the guys at the top have realized that they need to move with the times and after consulting lots of members they've come up with some proposed changes which still have to go through all the igms and all the kind of meetings but this is what they're saying camera festivals are going to be offering a wider range of quality beer sizes and perries in all formats essentially they've embraced other styles of beer um they're engaging with drinkers of all types they're essentially saying that a wider range of drinks and establishments are going to be celebrated, mm-hmm. but they are still going to be maintaining that cask ale at its best is still the, the, Top finest, banana. the finest form of beer. Well, which car- is, it's, it's, it is craft beer, isn't it? If I you're going to talk, yeah, if you're gonna talk well, about yeah. what craft beer is, then cask beer is... About and it's about knowledge as well. Yeah. And I think what they need to do and what they're doing, and I think they're moving in the right direction, is that there's no one really shouting about beer as a body and telling people why it's better than wine with food maybe or the different styles and educating so they can take on that role now because it's a broader remit but like I say this hasn't gone through and now that there's more types of beer and whatnot, now arguably is a time to start doing that to go actually there's more sorts it's more diverse it's more appropriate for lots of different occasions and there needs an organisation to take a bit of ownership of this and what do you know camera's there and it's got all these members already and it's consumer rather than a trade so it's good and I haven't got any of the complications of being funded by Heineken or mm-hmm. in the big breweries, they're an independent organisation. And I think a lot of beer writers and people within the beer world have had a lot of issues with camera in the past. Namely, they've often campaigned for beer to be as cheap as possible, which from a consumer point of view is good. But actually, in the long term, it doesn't benefit the breweries because it makes no money. And they've been rightly criticised, but at the same time, they're a consumer group and that's what they do. And they're, it's a bit like criticising the Catholic Church. If they start going... <laughs> Easy. No, 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 but I was just saying that they, they have camera's, rules. camera's not gone that far. No, 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 but I was, no, no. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, no, but the point being that they have a stance that's very entrenched in their history and if you start wavering from that, then what's the mm. point? Yeah. But they have realised that actually... In this day and age, you can't start saying that anything that isn't car scale is bad beer because it's just it's just simply not. I mean, true. as a beer fan, I would say two things. I'd say that camera one of the reasons that I did get a bit more enthusiastic about beer when mm. I was younger. So they were doing a very important job when I was nineteen or twenty. And how, other, did, how did you come across them? Well, they just had labels everywhere, and they mm. were just passionately pushing different beers. So if you're just drinking Stella Artois and didn't really know any better, it was quite a symbol of change you know let's try something different my dad drank bitter so you always say you don't drink what your dad drank so i kind of moved away from it but they clung on to it so that was important the other thing to say though is we recently went to one of those camera events mm. in king's cross and it was and this is not a criticism necessarily but it was full of 50 plus mm. year old men i think of, um, i think of it as being full of frumpy men in yeah. sandals and the problem with mm. that is not it's their thing we walked out mm. and said well that's fine that's their thing and we've got plenty of other experiences 
of beer where we might fit the demographic. But actually, it is a problem. You can't just say it's their thing. They need to step up and actually make beer their thing, and that's a but much still can wider be their audience. Yeah, it still can, can be their thing, and what cameras stand for is it's essentially making sure that these huge, big breweries with a lot of money mm. who would be happy to dominate the market don't get their way yeah. and, and 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 there's a barrier to that happening and it's they fertilize this really thriving blooming beer scene but at the same time they they've got to wake up and, yeah. and they have done and it's, and it's great mm. so if you're a camera member then do go down to the meetings i know they're stunningly boring but <laughs> go down there and vote and say i really so want to get behind this and just vote on you know changing the way the meetings run <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um and we wrote our first book about american beer for mm. camera which had no them. car scale in we it them. yeah well actually nothing for that book. i was in debt um, so the sort of the stalwarts for car scale are uh, relaxing their yeah. approach to it now Good for them in other news folks i've been reading the guardian are you are you making a charitable contribution? No, uh, no just put no. it behind a paywall. Bloody put hell. it behind a paywall or don't. Yeah. Don't ask me. Oh, you've got yeah, money to rebrand, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, no, but I like it. I think they're, they're great. I think I think their sport's great. And, uh, <laughs> what about their what about their world news, Ben? Yeah, the world news is good. <laughs> yeah, I like that um, sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, they uh, there was a report in the Guardian that said the Alcohol Health Alliance. Who, if you don't have to dig too deep into them to find out that their their whole remit is essentially stop people drinking mm-hmm. and telling people that drink is rather naughty, they are demanding that cigarette star warnings on alcoholic drinks are implemented. Because they did a survey that said ten percent of Britons don't realise that drinking alcohol is related to cancer. All right, so they did this survey, but they asked respondents to spontaneously name. A disease that they associate with alcohol. Ah, okay. Okay. So, okay. so, so liver, a lot of them cirrhosis. Uh, cirrhosis, or they yeah. yeah, yeah. could have said anything. Mm. They didn't say, do you think yes or no yeah. is alcohol yeah. related to cancer? So, and from that point, it was, it's disingenuous. Now, also, um, can I just um, butt in yeah. there quickly? Also, I think these things are a slightly grey area. So, for example, surely. I think there's enough um, things out there that would suggest that, you know, a glass of red wine a day is not a bad thing. Right. And it's not well, like, like well, smoking is carcinogenic. Full stop. Right. Sorry, am I shitting <laughs> No, no, no. This is all good. This is all good. This is exactly what I would want to say. Now, I mean, most of the cancers that are linked to alcohol mm. are very rare and thankfully curable. The risk of dying from these cancers are, compared to other cancers, relatively small. Now, there still is a risk. Mm. I'm not saying there's no risk, but there, there is a risk. Breast so cancer risk. being one, okay? Right. Breast cancer being rightly linked mm. to alcohol. If you drink lots of alcohol, you're more likely to get breast mm-hmm. cancer. But you're more likely by a very small amount. Mm. So it's about risk management. Yeah. It's about grown-ups. It's exactly what my husband says. Okay, it's about going, well, okay, there is a greater mm. risk, but here is the information, and you as a, mm. an adult can take it, and can digest take it, it or leave it and digest mm. it. So there are loads of carcinogenics out there and other things, mm. burgers, sausages, but you wouldn't have... Uh, pictures of I mean they are they're literally wanting pictures of diseased livers mm. on bottles of wine on bottles of wine and you wouldn't put pictures of bowel cancer on sausages mm. Or, mm. or bacon please don't no <laughs> I no, eat no, a no. lot of sausages and it's Do not, I don't think it's I a job I love a sausage sandwich yeah. 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 I had so a mushroom I. sausage at the weekend yeah oh really make okay. room for the mushroom remember that advert make <laughs> room for the mushroom sausage mushroom sausage um, it was a, a mushroom, mushroom and caramelised onion sausage oh. it was a vegan sausage yes I see 
Okay. Oh, no, I don't see. That's it's not a sausage. That's not a sausage. That's, that's vegetables. It's a tube of veg. And yesterday I <laughs> had rubbish. a pumpkin and sweet potato burger. No. Nonsense. That's a patty. Get out. It that's was, a patty. Yeah. I wouldn't buy either of them again, let's put it that way. No. Mm. Anyway, the point not, being... You're not getting a patty on the back for that. <laughs> it's not up to the bottles to tell people about this very nuanced argument or these nuanced percentages of how much more likely you are to get cancer from drinking. That's, and, and, um, and also, it's crazy, because a lot of it will be down to genetic... Well, is that, but also, I mean, we've got the Public Health England, funded by a taxpayer, they spent four and a half billion last year telling people about... The dangers of, of drink. The, of the health dangers or risk, risk to health. And it's their job, not the job of labellers. It's just really daft. And also, if you're going to do that, you might as well start talking about the benefits of mm. wine. Uh, yeah, or of drinking I... alcohol. So this is linked and it's important. In March 2017, the British Medical Journal, actual boffins, actual scientists from the University of Cambridge and the University College London revealed and f- discovered that um, moderate drinkers have a lower risk of heart attacks when compared to teetotalers. That is a fact. Mm. That is something they ask too many people this. And it's a fact. Um, it was pooed by. Yeah. It was pooed by all these organisations, these anti-alcohol organisations that said, "Well, you're much better off doing exercise and eating eating healthily. You can do all those things. It's not mm. one or the other." Yeah, um, and it's got antioxidants, resveratrol. Is that what it's called? Resveratrol. But yeah, I mean, um, I mean particularly it, red it, wine. It proves oh, okay. clearly and statistically. It after I the kids to bed. Well, that's the point. Probably the heart just... thing is quite a big thing. It's oh, like if it lowers just... blood pressure and just a couple of glasses, two glasses of helps you to let off Five a bit of steam. Glasses, one For instance, I mean, if you're going to do that, take hand gliding. Very yeah. dangerous. Yeah. It's very dangerous. But people who go hand gliding know it's dangerous. Mm. But they weigh up the risk of hand gliding. There's a, a higher than normal chance of me dying from hand gliding than they're not, walking, doing, it. They're not doing it. But the feeling of flying through the air with a, the wind is in it your nice. It's amazing. Is it nice? I've never been. It's <laughs> fucking dangerous. <laughs> no, but the point being that people know the risks. And what these anti-alcohol lobbies and health lobbies who are saying that we should put these labels on... They're saying it's either abstinence is good, mm. drinking is bad. It's not. There's I'm not, so many. There's, there's nuances. Yes. And, yeah. There's grey. And, the, areas, and to like say that so. you can't trust. If you say moderate drinking is all right, which is true, if they're terrified of doing that. But it's because, like drinking during pregnancy. They don't, mm. But they don't trust it us. It changes mm. almost annually. Mm. You know, for literally, I remember it was always like, you can't drink anything. Then it's like, well, actually, you can have a little bit. Or we have a little bit at this stage. And it's the same with weaning. I mean, I remember when weaning my son, it was like they were told to do it at a certain number of weeks. A year later, they recommended a completely different number of weeks. I think we all know if you're doing something like that and you're just not sure and you just don't drink. I don't think there is any mystery over it no. being a an intoxicant or being mm. something that's very good for you. I don't think there's no. any real yeah. but, but also confusion over that. But it's left, not a black there? and white thing. They've seen what they've done with cigarettes and said, look, there's no safe levels for smoking, yeah. which scientifically and statistically... That seems to be the case, whereas with alcohol, it's not. Okay. So instead of giving us the facts and telling people the actual facts... It's, and, it's and really which patronising. It's immensely patronising. It would involve saying to someone, you can drink moderately, which is fine. Also... But, it, that, but then they don't trust us to just drink moderately. Or to, yeah, take some responsibility and work it out itself. But the things as well, like certainly... Also, I'm going to speak for my kind of category. Wine is an absolute centuries 
old culture. I mean, it's been done all around the world. You know, people been making wine forever and people can embrace it all around the world and it's all part of a lifestyle so you eat nice food you drink nice Mm. wine you exercise i mean you know sitting and having a really nice meal and a couple of glasses of wine is not going out and boshing a gram of drugs is it or or you know sitting and um you know doing shot after shot after shot you know there's very different ways of drinking and we do have a very big binge culture here Mm. it's the fact that they don't trust us this is idea that if you tell society if the message goes out officially from mm. the government, from health then authorities, it's bad. It's bad that, that, for you. well, no, no, that drinking moderately mm. is actually good for you. Oh, I see. They yeah. will mm. not trust us as a society to, to just do go, what is moderate. To, Drinking's to, to, okay. To, to, go, to go, oh, I have a couple of bottles of this week. Instead of putting labels on bottles saying let's with educate. diseased livers, let's educate. Let's deal in facts, mm. in science. Let's not deal in misinformation. Love it. So there we go. That's nice my one. spit. Good. I'm with you. Was Which spitting. was not funny in any way. But <laughs> no, no, but it it's was just worth it. It's all right yeah. to have a drink. That's yeah. the bottom line. Awesome. Now, <laughs> Tom, you've got some... I've got, got some three, fancy, You've got, got some three small uh, little flagons I've of heard, what yeah. looks like whiskey. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is It's the Drink Talking. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to do whiskey. It turned out we haven't done single malt whiskey yet on the podcast, which seemed like a bit of an oversight. It's a massive category. I was going to do um, coffee tequila. The guys at Cascabel, they sent me a nice bottle. Thank you, guys. We will get to that. I couldn't get a bottle of Patron, which I was going to compare it to because I drank mine on New Year's sold out. Eve. Yeah, there's mm. a lot of love for coffee tequila. But no, we haven't done whiskey, so I thought we'd do single malt. If you're, you're tuning in, you're a beginner to single malt whiskey, then I probably should give you a bit of a background. And what we'll do over the coming podcast is try and do lots of different styles. Just generally speaking, whiskey is made from cereal that's mashed, fermented, distilled and aged. Uh, in the case of malt whiskey, the cereal is barley and single malt comes from one single distillery. So that's why it's single malt. It must be aged uh, 
retailer for a minimum of three years in oak barrels and must be bottled at 40% ABV minimum. Uh, they can vary a lot, which is why uh, the connoisseurs get their knickers in a twist. There's ageing, different copper stills. Uh, so there's lots to explore. It's a massive subject, but once you do explore it, you start to adore it and you get really into it. So for the purposes of the podcast, I'm going to try and break this down, guys, as a regional thing. The way we've educated on whiskey in the past, it sort of helps to dissect it by geography uh, there are four regions highland lowland Speyside, and the islands generally speaking but the regions are not prescriptive of flavor so while the lowland has historically produced lighter whiskies highlands are vast and sort of varied Speyside is kind of sweeter and richer islands peaty that's a very big generalization so as we talk about the regions bear that in mind while there are some accents of flavor that are relevant and we can apply to the region generally speaking you can make any sort of whiskey anywhere <laughs> but it has to be in scotland if you want to call it scotch and it has to come from one distillery and it has to be aged for three years so there we go today we're going to start with Speyside. And we're going to start with Speyside as a region because it's probably one of the most important, uh, certainly where it, there is the highest concentration of whisky making. It's one of the smallest regions, but actually about 60% of Scotland's single malt whisky production comes from here. The big guys that you'll have heard of if you're new to whisky, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, Glen Grants, Macallan, these big distilleries come from these areas. Does anyone so, make whiskey in England? Yeah, you can make yeah. whiskey anywhere and in the world. And what would you, you call it? Whiskey. It's you whiskey, can't call but not it Scotch. Scotch mm. No, you call it whiskey. Mm. Um, you can make it in a style, but if it's not being bottled in Scotland, Americans make whiskey. They call it bourbon or American whiskey, rye whiskey. Uh, the Japanese make fantastic whiskies, very similar, some of them into the Scottish style. They took a lot of the techniques from Scotland across. Uh, if you want to drink single malt Scotch, you know, it's being made there according to those rules. Now, those rules some felt I've been quite confining, restrictive to it. And for some listeners, there'll be a reputation still of the Scotch drinker being quite a sort of tweed-wearing moustache guy the bar or someone who stands there and oh, I love whiskey um, <laughs> that's a bit unfair and actually a lot's changing and, and we're going to try some whiskies today that show how much they're doing I was recently drinking Glenmorangie uh, private editions they've had nine different private editions and they've all been aged in different wood and just the aging process can really affect how the whiskey changes flavours so there's a lot you can still do with it within the confines of it and we're going to try Macallan 10 year old first now this will range around the 70 pound mark for a bottle it's the 70 quid yeah it's a 10 year old sherry oak so this has been rested exclusively in, in sherry barrels so we'll talk a little bit about the wood in a minute we'll talk about the age as well people often ask us one of the most common questions we have is what does the age mean is it important uh, is it an older whiskey better this is a 10 year old it means it spent a minimum of 10 years in those sherry casks it is important age is just a number man yeah woo and all that crap but actually it is important because it means the minimum amount of time a whiskey spent in there so it is important and we would, would this come all from one not cask from, not from one cask no that's why I say one single distillery so they would have to to try and find consistency find barrels from around a warehouse uh, to meet the consistent so and I guess it's about sort of a blend but it's not well it's a blend of all the same whiskies, whiskies. Yeah. But also, which is why they say um, a minimum with the age as well presumably uh, an element is finding out what you like so you might go oh I don't like that that's too spicy or you'll go oh I love that yeah, it's nice and, and soft the wood itself that it's spending the time in is going well, to affect nice. it so American oak will give it the vanillas this has been in sherried yeah. oak so this will give slightly different sort of wintry fruits raisins and a sherry Note. The important thing to say about age if you're new to whiskey is probably go 
go for this 10 to 15 year old mark because you're going to pay somewhere in the region of, I mean, this is the Macallan and it's quite a special uh, 10 year old, but you'll probably spend around £40 for a 10 to 15 year old and that's probably about a good starting point, 30 to 40 quid just to learn a bit more. And you'll get a lot of the complexity and you'll learn a lot about whiskey from that age group. Don't splash out on old kit. Look at the stick Wayne Rooney got. <laughs> Come on, Rooney. Yeah. You can do better uh, than that. So don't, you don't need to splash out on old kit for the sake of it. You know, you just get something that's around that age group. What do you think of this? Now, what are you getting? I think I can pick up a bit of sort of caramel. Okay, yeah, um, okay. There's some sweet toffiness, softy notes cedar wood, up front. Sort of and a bit of maybe a bit of figs. Wood. Absolutely. Very good. Sam, um, that's, uh, that's, I think that's on their tasting notes. <laughs> um, dried fruits, toffee, mm. wood spice. Almond, I, that's lovely. Now, yeah. the Spey almond. region... Almonds. almonds. Oh, almonds or almonds. Mark um, almond. The Spey region is typically sweeter. The Spey River runs over granite, uh, softer water, slightly sweeter, which is why, as a generalisation, we talk about Speyside whiskies as having that slightly sweeter quality about them. I think that's maybe why I like it. Yeah. I, it's I not chose too, it it's to please. for me. No, it's really soft Very and pretty. sweet. It's for, I like the, it. uh, for the ladies, because <laughs> they can't handle big flavours. <laughs> Harsh, but fair. Uh, no, it's a nice, really, really... I mean, the Macallan, they've got a really serious wood programme. They're very, they're very careful about their wood. <laughs> Much like you, Ben, I'm sure. They look after their casks, they source them very carefully, so they've got a huge supply of casks. So the wood elements of it should affect it. They say up to 80% of what you taste from the distillate, the new make spirits that goes into the barrel before it's been aged, 80% of what you taste has been affected by the barrel. So there we go. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about wood now because we can show how that mixes it up with the Glenfiddich. We're going to have some Glenfiddich. And guess what, guys? I've done something really nice for you today. I've chosen one that works for Sam and one that works for Ben. Ooh, OK, what we've done? Um, I've got Winter Storm Glenfiddich for, for Sam, which costs £200 a bottle. Oh, thanks. And then I've got the uh, IPA cask for you, Ben, which costs £40 a bottle because <laughs> you're a peasant. <laughs> you get the cheap one. Uh, so sorry, it's I've an IPA done... one. So this has been aged in beer barrel. Beer barrels, yeah. I'll talk about Sam's first because I like the name Water Winter Storm. Storm. A Winter, Winter Storm. Storm. It comes Winter in a Storm. really amazing so, white so who, bottle. So who did this? Who's this by? Glenfiddich. Uh, and the first one was Macallan. Yes, this is the Macallan, and the second yeah. one's the Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich, a very big distillery. They were the first people actually in, in 1963 to market a single malt. And they got a lot of grief for that, interestingly, mm. in 63, saying single because it wasn't on trend mm. then. And look at them go now. They're now the biggest single malt producer in the world. And what, um, what, what makes a £200 bottle of scotch cost £200? Uh, like, good why question. Is so it's a 21-year-old, so it's spent twenty minimum of 21 oh, years right. in barrels, uh, which is, is a long time. And also, uh, they finished it in Canadian ice wine barrels. So Did that's they? why I've chosen it for you. It's a, a wine link, ice wine, Canadian, uh, which gives it a very different finish. I Is get it warm Turkish to like the delight cheap? I prefer the cheaper that. one. Do you? Okay, yeah. that's fine. Well, it's not... Yeah, mm. I mean, it's it's £200 now. I, I, I mean, the reality is they've sold out of it, so it, it's become very rare on thewhiskeyexchange.com. You can probably pick it up from, from other specialists. I get a lot of sweetness off that tropical mm. fruit, they say, Turkish delight, which actually is a bit of a, uh, a heads up on what it is. It's quite leathery. Do you get okay? Well, I'm that's twenty-one years in in wood mm. is going to be quite give high, that. Um, mm. quite high acid. I don't find it. It's kind of well, yeah, the one I find before was kind of just sort of softer, more kind of figgy, that's very... more caramel. Mm. This is probably much more for the connoisseur. It just feels mm. kind of 
So I like that. I do like that. Tighter well. and more assertive, but yeah. I preferred the slightly softer one before. Okay. Wow, that's quite strong as well. And it feels, yeah. Really feeling a lot of heat on the front of the tongue there. Feeling <laughs> a lot of heat. Wow. Um, uh, and, and so I've got the IPA you've one. You've got the IPA. And now, that has been, again, that's been f- finished, uh, obviously cheaper for you, Ben. But um, again, part of the Glenfiddich Experimental Series, just a quick word on that. They've, also, they've I done like three the smell now, of that. And this was one of the first pairs that they did. And, yeah, they worked with the Speyside Craft Brewery and they created a special beer, which was aged in the Glenfiddich casks for a month, then returned to the distillery and they had three months in now, those casks. Now, I'm slightly ignorant on this, but... I can't imagine that the IPA, because it can't be much more than, I mean, the maximum must be 10%. Mm. How would the IPA really affect the wood? Well, it dips into the pores. So it does, going, it would, but to. then as soon as you put... It would. Fo- it would. <laughs> um, but as soon as you put actual spirit in there, I just find it... A bit gimmicky. Um, well, uh, you've tasted it. Tell I don't, me I'm you not getting any beer influence there at all. I, okay. still, I think it's a very nice whiskey. Having tried it, mm. I did get this, this slightly floral finish on it. It's almost, and it is, mm. it is a stretch. It's a stretch. But if you taste a lot of whiskies next to it, mm. you do, I would argue, get a little bit of hop on there. And that is, it's very subtle. It isn't for everyone. I, Maybe I would, it's a placebo effect. It could be. It could be knowing or, that you've put it in there. My fear would be, I think it's a very nice whiskey. I really do. I mean, it's something I enjoy. But I do think there's this. A couple of whiskey brands have tried to mm. piggyback the beer scene. The beer yeah. scene. But at the same time, I think, well, why not? This is it yeah. brings new people into it, and it's good. But I just wonder how much of the beer is really coming on. Uh, it's really, really. I, I'd, with, I'd, 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 I I'd agree that it's nil. Su- like with this, like going in an ice if, wine if, thing. If it's, like. if it's anything, it's subtle. And then it's a finish. That's it's not a finish. To be. More importantly, I think it's less interesting as an experiment than the ice wine, uh, which I've never heard of being mm. done. And I think it's less interesting than, say, what Glenfiddich have done with a series of nine already, and they've used all very, very hard-to-find wine casks, mm. recently used a rye cask, so rye whiskey into the cask, and you can. I mean, it tastes like a mellow rye whiskey. It's, mm. It works. Uh, so I think there is a, an, an element of gimmick in this, but what's important to say about what Glenfiddich are doing, and I think what all of these guys are trying to do, is just shake up the category a bit and to That's try brilliant. and try and view, build not... a bit of a story point around it. The experimental series is quite sort of glitzy, glamorous. It's like, well, they bring new whiskey drinkers, maybe bring those beer fans who are not whiskey drinkers to the category. So yes, it's very subtle if it's there for someone. Well, I tell you what, it would be quite good is. If anyone from Glenfiddich is listening to this, they're probably thinking, "What an idiot! He's talking nonsense." No, so if I there is thinking that, ben. no, 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 I would love to know the science behind yes how the beer at a, such a low a- ABV can influence the wood and how that comes out in the finished product. They wouldn't just do it for a laugh. There must be no. some science behind it. So uh, it'd be good the, to find out. Yeah, it does. It will. Mm. I mean, we've both had cask whiskies before that have come out of beer barrels I mean I, yeah. it's about duration but you can't have it in there for too long because it starts to override it and I think that's the problem oh no I'm just talking more about the beer being in the barrel yeah, rather than the whiskey but even if you yeah. put anything in a barrel for too long yeah. like fish you have to burn it uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like shooting fish in a barrel so there we go now that was a real whistle stop of Speyside and on casks I'm trying to give you a flavour there listeners but do get involved Very in whiskey nice. Speyside mm. I think is a good introduction it's a good, to good really place good. to start I I'm going to drink some um, And I like them. So um, thank you, Tom. That was fascinating. And I think it's the first of several explorations of Scott's regions. Um, Me. 
Sam, you yeah. are holding some kind of flavour wheel. Talk us through it. Is this so, something to do with um, your legend of liquor? Yeah. So my legend of liquor this week is a lady called... Right, okay, well, here's a question. Not so another I'm, lady. This is going Well, no, I don't think I have done many ladies, so I consciously uh, wanted oh, to do a lady. yeah, you did the uh, fella last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've all done right. nearly all men. So okay. I wanted to do a lady, and this week I'm doing Anne Noble, who's a creator of... This, listen, you can't see it, but it's called the Wine Aroma Wheel. Mm-hmm. And do Google it. It's really clever. So she's about 83 now, I think. She's an American. She's a chemist. And she used to um, work at the University of California in Davis. And oh. she just realised they didn't really have any kind of um, sort of rigid set terminology to help consumers describe wine. So she's got a PhD. So she's super, super smart. And she basically came up after studying the techniques of wine tasting with this aroma wheel and um, I actually I ordered a few online and I guess they got sent over from California mm. they're not expensive and it, they're basically broken down into sections so you've got chemical pungent oxidised microbiological you've got all kinds of faults that's <laughs> <So> cheap stuff <laughs> yeah floral and it basically Better. divides um, pink I've got it some di- pink there Yes, it's all it's divided into colours, and uh, yes, you've got fruity, and then fruity is broken into citrus, berry, tree fruit, tropical fruit, fruit, and other. Under citrus, you've got grapefruit and lemon. Under berry, you've got blackberry, raspberry, strawberry, blackcurrant. Under tree, you've got cherry, apricot, peach, and apple, mm. and so on. So basically, it's just got a really helpful. It's a lexicon um, for you yeah. to talk about you the know different you flavors. Take a picture of that and. Um Put it on, put on Twitter. Yeah, put it on the social media. Put it on the Twitter so the listeners at, can at see. At the that. Mistress really of Wines, is it? Well, well, I've made my own version. Oh, oh really? Yeah, go on, then. Put your version <laughs> she, on there. So, Anne Noble is the pioneer of what essentially is a sort of a wine infographic to help consumers get a handle on aromas and flavours. Now, I've taken that a step further when it's slightly different and I've done my... Have you seen my wine flavour tree I haven't seen before? this. I've seen the tree, yeah, but I haven't yeah. seen your fancy paperwork. Oh, oh right, okay. Like very nice. Yeah. It looks very uh, this nice. is when I do tastings and then people can, oh, can write notes on the side. Quite professional. <laughs> I'm pretty surprised by <laughs> this. Right, it's amazing. And then basically ah. you've got this wine flavour tree, which is mine, and it do go to my website, themistressofwine.com, yeah. and yeah. it's this gorgeous tree. And what it's done is it's divided into sections, 40 common aromas and flavours that you can find in wine, uh, 20 for white wine, 20 for red wine, and they're divided into sections according to the great varieties you might be more likely to find them in so for example on the white wine side you've got um, a section called orchard fruits then you've got citrus fruits green fruits and grass stone fruits and exotic fruits and spice so if you buy a wine and you're trying to work out what you can taste and smell it's just a guide so you could go right i bought a a riesling let's say Mm. so you go up and you find riesling it's in citrus fruits and you go oh okay i'm meant to be finding some lime lemon tangerine grapefruit which you should do and then it also tells you okay so if i like that which other varietals yes. on that branch That's might I one like? One of my favourite websites is. But we are talking about me. <laughs> no, but what I was going to say is uh, I like this website that tells you what to read next. Okay, so when you when fine. you've had a book, yeah, and you yeah, like, yeah, you really enjoy. You like it, I want this, something just that. like this. Yeah. and that's what you need with wine. You need someone to and say, I think, um, "Well, this is just like it, but a bit different." Well, that's the thing. So Anne Noble was the absolute sort of pioneer of trying to help consumers 
um, get a handle on vocab. Yeah. And then I've basically I've um, you've nicked her idea. I basically um, <laughs> I haven't nicked it. No, you've just no. I suggest I've reinvented it into. Um, I like um, I like, some, I like the tree because I like the tree. It's kind of a small, almost a shrub. Could be a bush. Could be, I like your bush. It does look Sam. better. I have got the in A3 posters. Have you? Brilliant. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Oh, with a bigger uh, trunk. So you can stick it on the son's yeah. bedroom. What, what I'll do is I'll put it on his wall so that as I'm finally telling him a story at night, I can look at the tree. Five more minutes. <laughs> Go and to sleep, met. little man. So, what um, I think you should put on your tree mm. are little birds, and they represent snacks. So you can have like a, this is important. Like a twiglet's budgerigar that sits the overlay on the tree. Here's a tip for you listeners. That's ah oh, wait, that's a brilliant <laughs> idea. Okay, so take this tree diagram. Okay, mm. so there. Look, I'm, it's just helping your business because yeah, yeah, well, you'll yeah. sell this, and yeah. then it's like, where's repeat business? Mm. That's the secret of a business. Okay, and then what you do I is wish you get applied some knowledge into it. So what you do then? You then you get a little piece yeah. of plastic yeah. that you put over the top oh, and and overlay and it, says, it with different uh, things. with different foods like twiglets. Scampi, scampi fries. fries. Uh, twiglets, uh, twiglets dipped in hummus. Yeah, that's a um, tip for this. Um, really nice. Uh, let me think of other and, foods. Um, Pom cakes as well. Donuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, cakes, I mean, cakes, so you've got all that, yeah. and 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 then you can globalise it. So if you were to sell this to China, it would be stuff like pork balls and pork crackers. Lovely. Thank you very much, Sam. Uh, so that I was think it. We've, um... Um, we've covered that nicely. <laughs> and just before swerving off, we get into dangerous territory. So that was Anne Noble, Anne a, Noble. With, with no E. Anne Noble, the creator of the famous well, no e. wine wheel. So A N N. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you meant the noble. Yeah, noble. As in Chernobyl. Ah. And she still works today doing judging and stuff, and she's in her 80s. And I think she sounds she's like good. A, she's a, yeah, a cracking bird. A great And you've nicked her idea. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> now, thank you very much for listening, everyone. That was brilliant. Yeah, thanks, um, guys. And we will be back next week um, with more of this drink based kerfuffle. <laughs> Um, so um, have a lovely week drink less drink better drink within your 14 units uh, if you possibly can <laughs> have a lovely time cheerio cheers Ta-ta. this was a Grand Crew podcast from 7 Digital Botox Cosmetic out of botulinum toxin A FDA approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.